Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Blessed be his holy name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Abba, Father, thank you for preparing a place of safety for each and every one of us. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome daddy. You are Father God, and we love you. We are so glad to be part of your army. The army of the Lord is on a forceful advance. We're tearing down the walls and the camps that the enemy has had in our lives for generations. You know, we talk about, on this line, we do a lot of conversations about breaking generational curses and spiritual warfare. I am amazed at conversations that are never held in other groups of Christians even though the discussion topics are not some hidden uh, mystical element of Christianity. But God's pretty straightforward on some things. We may not address them because uh, we see them as being hidden and mystical and all of these other things. But they're in Scripture, plain sight. Now, there are some things in Scripture that there are deep divers that go deeper and deeper and get a greater understanding of some things, and I'm not being critical. That's fine. But there are some things in the Word of God that are obvious for anyone that reads Scripture at all. Things like warfare, deliverance, demonic stronghold, those things that people don't like to talk about. Well, this morning we're going to start off, we're going to take a few minutes um, and talk about warfare. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. In the New American Standard Bible, and it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. That term flesh, in this particular case, is referring to your physical body. We don't, so God is saying, even though we live in a physical body, we do not war according to the dictates of this body. Because the weapons of our warfare are not physical, but divinely powerful for the destructions of fortresses. I had a conversation with a person that I love and admire. There are times we look outside of ourselves and we see and understand the scripture. But when things get close and personal, (laughs) we want to fix things. 
with what seems logical, understandable, what we consider rational. And we forget that there's a scene behind the scene. Let's say that you are a mother and you find your child irritating. For many, many reasons, whatever the situation, whatever the case may be. Now, you can stay in that place as a mother and attempt to raise this child based on your being irritable with them. Or you can figure out the dynamics in your relationship and ask Holy Spirit to bring healing. Now, stay with me. In this situation, we are asking God to deal with something that may never, ever, ever change. It may be personality conflicts. We're all different. We have our different personalities. Our children pull from all different directions in terms of who they're like. Are they like grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, auntie, or whatever? We get our personalities. It's a unique mix of our DNA. Our children may like things that we absolutely don't like, and we need to have an understanding of how to raise them up. But that requires that we get wisdom for God from God. Then we may very well have a child that goes through a phase that we don't know what is going on. And we can spend all our time and our energy irritated, mad, punishing, fussing, talking, discipline, however you do it, only to find out there's nothing that you do that will change the situation. Either case, we need the mind of God. If my personality is in conflict with someone that I love, every relationship, you can't just say, peace, I'm out of here. Some relationships, you're not left with any alternative but to really work it out or be miserable. Supposedly, marriage is one of those, but we don't always handle marriage that way. But in the child of a parent, in the situation, in the situation of a parent and a child, it's a whole, it's a lot. It's more difficult to walk away from that dynamic. So we need to ask God for wisdom. God gives us wisdom to know how to train that child up in the way they should go. We learn to humble ourselves, decrease, allow the spirit of the Lord to increase on our life so that we can walk in peace and love with our children and nurture them. Now, if there is a demonic presence involved, we need to see that for that. We need to call that out and deal with that from the perspective of there's a scene behind the scene. These type of relationships are where things get a little tricky because we take what someone does to us personally, one of the first things that we need to recognize in spiritual warfare is that this stuff, and I'm going to use this term, ain't personal. It's not personal at all. It's not about your feeling. It's not about making someone understand you. It's not about any of those things. We're not civilians. 
scripture tells us. I think and I believe I'm going to try to find it and still make sense and and continue this conversation. But I believe it's 2 Timothy 2.7, the weapons of our war. Um, no. Second uh, Timothy 2.7, when it talks about we don't war as civilians, We're not, this is, we're called into an army. I need to find that. I think I'm really misquoting it majorly. Oh, well, I can't find it. But this is when Paul is giving. Timothy a charge to be a good soldier. So scripture says a lot about being a soldier, being at war. So the fact that so many Christians ignore this or continue to handle their life without making this a priority, I find it amazing to me. I find it amazing that people can preach this, but in their own life, walk around addressing their personal issues as if these scriptures do not exist. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. In this scripture, we are alerted. Christians, there is warfare, but it is a spiritual battle. Christians, it is our warfare. I don't see anything in this scripture that says this is optional. We are in combat. We are part of God's army. And we are under siege. Under siege. As soon as we recognize that part of what it means to be a Christian is to be at war with an adversary who has strongholds built up, even in our own mind, even in our family dynamics. that we have an enemy that knows exactly what buttons need to be pushed in order to get you off course to get you into your flesh trying to work it out and figure it out I personally have had some things happen in the last few days. I am not moving from the position that I was in before it happened. What I have found, there is a strategy that the enemy uses to push you into trying to war in your flesh. I have finally come to the conclusion I am not smart enough. (laughs) I'm not strong enough. I am just not enough to fight in my flesh and win. 
Distractions will always come. Why? Because that is the enemy's only recourse. Most of the time we think the distraction is the external thing that's going on, but the distraction is the stronghold that's in your mind that causes you to move, get out of line, realign your life to accommodate what he sends. So the first thing that we need to recognize as saints is that we're in a war. Our commander-in-chief, the Lord Saboris, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I've heard it pronounced a couple of different ways. But he's the commander of the host. He is our God, our Lord, our Savior. He is Father. He is the I am that I am. He is in charge. He's given us his name. We have his authority. We have his azuzia. We have his dunamis, which is his power. But we must take up a righteous warfare whereby we overcome the enemy. We cannot do it in our flesh. He's been around too long. He knows exactly what he's doing. In fact, it's arrogant to make you think. It's arrogance if you think that you can win this war by your own reason and ability. I had a conversation with someone that I love dearly, and this person said, Satan is not in my house because I I am not going to let him. Well, that may sound all right as long as you realize that you're not letting him involves you getting the commander-in-chief involved with this warfare and that your weapons are not your own stubbornness and your own rationale. Our battle is a spiritual battle fought against spiritual beings with spiritual weapons. Oh, I know, that sounds mystical for some folk, but it's all in black and white. Ephesians 6, 12 is a key verse to understanding the kind of battle that we're engaged in and the nature of the enemy that we have to fight. It reads, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Remember my first analogy, the parent and the child? That's not where the fight is. No matter what the source, of the conflict is not against flesh and blood. What you hear in the news, all of the things that are going on in our world, if we as the saints of God would really get it in our heart, that it's not about the people. You know, I had a conversation with someone, how can they do that? We were talking about a situation. How can anyone do that? Well, my friend, let me tell you something. Anyone can do anything. No matter how horrible it might seem. In fact, my friend, without the help of the Holy Ghost, you could be doing some of the very same things. If, when I said that, you said to yourself, oh, no, I wouldn't, 
you're a primary candidate for messing up. Why? Because the Bible warns us to take heed, lest you fall. We can't be so arrogant that we think we would never do certain things. Because if we're not under the blood submitted to the commander-in-chief, living a life that's holy unto him, we will do whatever he tells us to do. He meaning the enemy. So if we're not submitted to Almighty God, we will do whatever Satan puts in our heart to do. Why? Because he rules the world. So we have to make a decision. That's the first line of defense, is that we change our mind. We present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's the least we could do for so great a salvation. God saved us. He's given us the answer. He's given us wisdom. So we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle. Wrestling, my son was a wrestler. The thing about wrestling, it is a conflict where the two people that are wrestling are in close quarters. It requires a lot of skill, a lot of strength, a lot of endurance, but it's a one-on-one, close encounter, close conflict. Doesn't it sound like that if our wrestling is not with flesh and blood, we may very well be in a situation where it seems like it's everybody around us and everyone we share space with. Often these are the relationships and the dynamics that we don't address from the perspective of there being a spiritual war. That's why I say it's not personal. My son had and has the ability to cut me so deeply with his words. Even as a child, it just seemed like that young man knew exactly what to say to me to devastate me. And most of the time, it was just one line. So when I was raising him, the first time it happened, I was hurt. But when I took it to God, God said, you can't take anything that comes out of his mouth personally. This is not about your feelings. So you can't raise a child that hurts your feelings. So I began to realize no matter who says it or no matter what my son says, it's not to be taken personally. Why? Because I could not give the enemy one day in my life as a parent that one day might be so strategic in his life that my responses would devastate him in such a way that it might take him 20 years to work it out. 
That's why the enemy likes to mess in close relationships, close encounters. And if he can get us to take things personally and not realize that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If we got that in ourselves, not that we call our loved one Satan, but realize that there's a scene behind the scenes that's influencing everything that's going on. So we need to be able to focus on what is significant and what is important and what is strategic. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, Second Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Father God, we praise you, we magnify you, we glorify you, Lord. We worship you, we love you, we adore you, Father God. We recognize that according to 1 Peter 5, 8, that we are to be sober, to be vigilant, because we have an adversary, the enemy, as a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour, that he uses tactics of distraction to cause us to be drawn into places that's not even our portion, trying to do what you have not even said for us to do, trying to fix things in the natural, trying to spiritualize things. trying to work through situations and circumstances in our own ability, Father. So, Father God, I'm asking that you give us strategy and discernment, God, that we would not continue to give our strength, our energy, our time, our talent, our resources in areas that you have not called us to, Father God, I thank you that you are the captain of the host. You are strategic, God. In Scripture, it says that for 400 years you were silent, and then Jesus was born. You know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly when Jesus will return. You know the time and the seasons for all things. You wait until the fullness of time. Father God, this morning we purpose to allow you to train us to be strategic soldiers with eyes of Issachar that we can see afar off. Father, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty, God. Lord, I ask that You help us, Lord, in the process of transforming our mind that we no longer bring into the kingdom dynamic emotions that are not submitted to you, God. Father, just as you taught me not to be moved by my emotions when it came to my son, because I couldn't raise him and be emotional. Lord, I'm asking for that same anointing for this season, 
that no matter what goes on in the church, no matter what goes on in my home, no matter what goes on in my family, no matter what goes on in my community, my responses are not fleshly, but they're governed by the Holy Spirit. And that I will do only what I see my father do in heaven. Daddy, what you, if you're not fixing it, then I'm not fixing it either. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I'm not going to try to be God in every situation and circumstance. But I'm going to wage a good warfare through the Holy Spirit. Father God, we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy. And we don't do the thing that is most important and most key in our situation. Because we let our emotions lead us. Daddy God, I thank you and I praise you, Father. Salvation means to be whole and complete, delivered, healed in our emotions, healed in our bodies, God. So, Father God, I cast all my cares on you, every aspect of my life. I cast my cares on you. Father, the things that I care for, you care about more. But you have a strategy and a plan to fix things. You know exactly what needs to happen in every situation, God. So I thank you, Father God. I give you glory and I give you honor. I give you praise for your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, God. You have made us each unique vessel. We all have our place and we all have our position. Father, don't let us be vessels that judges vessels based on our call and our purpose. You see, I might be a watering pot. Another vessel may be for planting. But if I try to be for planting and they try to be for watering, Nothing will be accomplished because we'll be in the wrong places doing the wrong thing. Father God, in combat, every soldier must know his position. I can't be looking backwards to make sure somebody else is doing what they're called to do and I try to stop what I'm doing to go back and fix them. We're both dead. Father, in the kingdom of God, there's a lot of friendly fire and there's a lot of destruction going on because we try to fix one another. We try to change each other into what we think they ought to be because they're not doing it the way we think it ought to be done. In our homes, Father, some of us are destroying our children because we want to fix them. And you never called us to fix them. You didn't tell me to fix my son. You didn't tell me to make him change the way he was. You told me to change the way I responded. In my life personally, there are things going on. You have not guaranteed me that they will change. But what you have said is I can't get off focus. 
Father God, we trust you. We realize that you do what we do not have the capacity to do. No matter how much we love, how much we care, how much we want things to change, God, it's not by power or by but but by or by strength, it's not by our, our own ability, Father. It is by your spirit. So it's not by power or by might, but it's by your spirit. Spirit of the living God, we trust you. Father God, we trust you. We trust you in those areas of our life where there's close encounters. We trust you, Father God, to give us strategy. That's why the next part of the verse says, casting down imagination and every strong, casting down imagination. And every stronghold, anything that would override the truth of this word. We put on our whole armor this morning. We put on your strength, your skill, your tenacity, and we emerge as conquerors, Father. For we are strong in you, Lord and the power of your might. We put on your whole armor that we will be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. We take up the whole armor of God that we would be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. According to Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, Father God, we praise you and we magnify you, Lord. We rejoice in the God of our salvation. We will not be drawn into a fleshly warfare. We will, Father God, trust you, Lord God, in our situations, Father. We recognize we're not smart enough, we're not strong enough. And as a first response, it should be, God, how do you want me to handle this? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Even in the responses to our children, our coworkers, Father God, it shouldn't be that just gets on my nerve. Every time I see so-and-so, that just gets on my nerve. No, God. We give you that nerve. We bring it under the blood of Jesus. We give you that spot in us that every time the enemy wants to cause us to get emotional, he touches it. He touches the last nerve because he knows exactly what it is. He brings people across our path, close encounters, to touch the places in us that are not submitted to you whether it's a child, a husband, a sister in the Lord, biological sister, a mother, a father, a niece, a nephew. Father, we recognize the time, the energy, the talent, the treasure 
that we waste trying to handle this ourselves would be better spent in the kingdom. Lord, our frustration is often masked, masked in what we eat, what we do, where we go. Sometimes we just sit and meditate, medicate ourselves in passivity. Father, let us be strategic in our time, strategic in our talent, strategic in our treasure, for we are your children. Forgive us for every way in which we've engaged the enemy in fleshly combat. Father, forgive us for every time we've yelled at our children, cursed at our children, slapped our children. Every time that we've medicated, every time that we've spent a half a day, an hour, two hours, upset over things and not paying attention to the scene behind the scene. Not using our spiritual weapon. Pray, pray. Not using the weapon our words, the power of the tongue to change our atmosphere. Not standing and finding a place of peace that passes all understanding. All the ways in which, Father, we ignored your spirit. Forgive us. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that you have made provisions for all of our lives. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for the prayer request. One of um, there's been a prayer request to pray for. a friend, and the loss of their grandmother. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I praise you, and I thank you, Father God. I thank you to be with this family, Father. I thank you, Father God, that life and death are part of the cycle. So I ask you, Lord God, that as they go through the process and dealing with their feelings, Lord, that they would meet you in a new and living way, Father. That not only would um, you give supernatural strength in this situation, Father, but revelation, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you're doing in our life, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that you are moving through our lives, that you're orchestrating every situation and every circumstance, Lord. And even in this family that's lost a loved one, Father God, there's a scene behind the scene that's bigger than death. There's a scene behind the scene. Father, so we ask you, Father God, that you would bring deliverance to this family, that you would give the minister the right words to say for their deliverance, 
And we thank you, Father God, for traveling mercy. Father God, we recognize how awesome and how powerful and how mighty you are, Lord God. To save to the utmost, Father God. We ask you, Father, as people begin to assemble together, Lord, I don't know what they believe, Lord, but this is a great opportunity for people to deal with their feelings and make a decision about where they want to spend eternity. So I pray for laborers being put across the path of this family, Father. I thank you for the opportunity for salvation and deliverance to be their portion. Lord, I recognize that there are some people that are running out of time to make a decision to serve you, God. So I thank you, Father God, that this is an opportunity for some people to get it right. So, Lord, I thank you for the angels to be assigned to this family in the name of Jesus. Father God, I lift up our church family. A lot of distractions being sent. Father God, we recognize that you are on a forceful advance in our congregation. So we thank you, Father God, that we will not handle the situation in our flesh. But, Lord, we recognize the deceptions, the counterfeits, the the ways in which the enemy tries to attack, to tempt us through the lust of our flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life through false accusations we are, uh, of accusing you, of accusing each other or accusing other people, but just simply getting out of your will. Father, we are not ignorant to the enemy's devices. We know the buttons that he pushes. So, Father, help us recognize those situations. And I thank you, Father, for new decisions being made to not allow the enemy to move us in areas of our weakness. So we thank you and we praise you, God, for what you're doing with our children, our homes, our ministries, our loved ones. Father God, I lift up those that are going back to school. I thank you, Father God, that they have the mind of Christ. There is nothing too difficult for you, God. The old saints used to say that you're mind regulator. So I thank you, Father God, to give wisdom where wisdom is needed. Lord, I thank you for confidence. I thank you, Father God, that you paint in us a picture of what we are to look like. And sometimes, Father, we run from that image because we don't believe that it's available to us or that we are capable of doing it. But, Lord, it's not about what we're capable of. If we're, if we're willing to be made willing, and if we will let you, you're the potter, we're the clay. And no, Father, we don't have the capacity to become what we see. And we recognize that that would be very frustrating for us. What we do have the capacity to do, Father, is to yield to your touch. And what we can't do in and of ourselves, Lord, we recognize that you can do. So for my friend that's on this line, that I know that whether they know me or not, I, I, well, I'm going to say it the way it's coming up. For my friend or anyone that listens on this line, Father, I pray for confidence 
in becoming the person that they already know that you said that they are. And all self-destructive behaviors because of fear of failure we break in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we come against every spirit of addiction that would draw them outside of your purpose. We bind the spirit of fear. God, you have not given us a spirit of fear. You have given us power, love, and a sound mind. We will no longer be fear-driven, but faith-filled. We will no longer be fear-driven, but faith-filled. So we release ourselves to all past habits, past addictions, past entanglement. We repent of every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. We forgive ourselves and we forgive other people. We thank you, Father God, that you're moving through our bloodline, that you're reestablishing us in truth. We thank you for the spirit of truth operating in our life, Father. Father, I thank you and I praise you that this is the dawning of a new day. I thank you, Father God, that old things are passed away. I thank you for your mighty hand of deliverance. We pull down every stronghold. We thank you that you set the battle plan. You are a mighty man of war. We thank you that our enemies or your enemies, and no one can stand against you, Father. Scripture says that you are our rear guard. You've got our back. We go forth in your power and in your strength. We pray for this nation. We pray for deliverance for our president. Father, there is nothing too difficult for you, and there is no sin, no place that we can go that you cannot deliver us out of. So, Father God, as long as there is a possibility, we pray for deliverance. We pray, Father God, there are strategic people in high places that don't call you Father. Lord, we pray for these people. We pray for their deliverance. We pray for righteous leadership to be birthed. Father God, all of this foolishness that's going on with presidential candidates in the name of Jesus, Father God, give the church, your body, your people, the wisdom to make right decisions. Bring to the forefront men and women of integrity that can rule, that can stand, and that can withstand. Lord, every person you call isn't called to be a preacher or run a church. Help us all know where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing every joint supplying. Father, we thank you for deliverance. We thank you, Father God. Father, as our children prepare to go back to school, we ask you, Father God, raise up principals, teachers, educators that have your heart. Father God, where people are in positions 
in the educational system. They know they're not supposed to be there. They got a degree. They made a mistake. Father, I pray that they find other employment and that, Father, you begin to fill our schools with those that are gifted to teach and educate this generation who have your heart and your mind. And even though they have taken prayer out of the church, out of, ooh, Father, some churches they have taken prayer out. But even though they've taken prayer out of schools, we pray that the prayer warriors be sent as educators, teachers, administrators that will war in behalf of our young people. We pray for counselors. We pray for all those that are assigned to deal with a wicked world that's confused. We pray for their strength. We pray for their protection. And we pray that the anointing would begin to flow in the church so that no matter where we go, the presence of God goes with us. We thank you, Daddy God, for allowing us to live in a country that's a five-talent country, that we still have the ability to determine our destiny Give us great wisdom as we multiply the blessings that you've given us through active engagement in your strategies to bring us into purpose and destiny. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Is there any prayer request that I did not get that you need prayer for specifically? Father God, I pray for any unspoken need on the line. I pray, Father God, that you would be with each and every person that's been on the line this morning. And I thank you, Father, in any person that will get on the line, I thank you that their need is met. Father God, I pray for our young women. I just, I pray for our young adults. Lord, We have a generation of young people that are raising children that have been so mismanaged themselves that they're hurting. They're hurting in the dynamics of their relationship. They don't know how to be wise. They don't understand a lot of things. The church has not done a good job. We've allowed media to raise up a generation that's broken and hurting, hurting, yet they hear your voice. And they want to make changes, but they just don't know how to get there. Father, I'm praying for this generation, Lord. I'm praying for their children. I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for strength. I'm praying for a supernatural deliverance, God. I'm praying for a church to wake up. To hear your voice. To know how to raise up this generation. Father, they come from broken homes and broken lives, yet they want to create wholeness and stability for themselves and their families. We pray for that. We pray for them. Father God, what's impossible with men is possible with you. 
You are the God of possibility. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be here daily as much as possible. How that is our goal. You can dial in at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Call in 724-444-7444. Call ID 121201. Access us through www.talkshoe.com. We record these messages. Uh, We pray that we were a blessing to your heart and to your life today. Be strengthened in the power of the Lord as you go about living your life in victory. In Jesus' name, amen.